Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of the Rabbit Weasel podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Eraserhead. Oh, boy. <laughs> Got a lot to cover. Yeah, but before we get into that, I'm the host, Jared. I'm here with my sister-in-law, Mia. Mia, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing okay. A little bit under the weather today, so sorry if my voice cracks, everybody. I'm, I work with little kids, so I'm often fighting off colds. And I'm also here with my brother, Justin. Justin, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. Well, yeah, we got our semester started back up. Pretty busy. And we're actually enjoying being on the coast this weekend. We are, yeah. instead of being in our regular home, we are on the on the beach, uh, right outside of Long Beach, uh, Washington today. Yeah, celebrating birthday. Yeah. Nice. How's the uh, weather then? Is it probably a little too cold to be on the beach, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can. It's like upper forties, so you're uh, you're not going out on the beach to be on the, you know, sunbathing. It's a uh, right. and uh, but it's it's beautiful. I mean, the mountains kind of crashing into the ocean, and yeah, you're driving on the beach. Yeah, here you you're pretty drive much driving. Yeah, you can drive on the beach, kind of like Daytona. If you remember, <laughs> yeah. And, um, the houses they like have them. They're like not stacked too close to one another, and you, the backyard is the beach. It's pretty cool. Nice. Well, I, um, it's almost next week is going to be my last week of school for this semester anyways. And then we've got almost two weeks off because it's Chinese new year. So I'm going to enjoy having, um, some time off. <laughs> yeah. Some sleep. One of my favorite about teaching is uh, having those times off. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get paid for, for not working, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, made enough money in the first semester to, to hold me over. But all right. Well, um, yeah. Eraserhead, this movie, just a little bit of a background. This movie is kind of, um, an enigma, I guess is the right word. It just exists in its own little universe. And that's what makes it so intriguing because it's hard to know what to make of it. After you watch it, you want to understand it, but you really probably never will. Um, it's a David Lynch film. So if anybody's familiar with David Lynch, this was his first full-length film released in 1977. They had worked on it for several years. Um, I think like five years they were working on this movie. Uh, a fun bit of trivia, the main actor in that movie, you know, of course he has that really weird white boy Afro haircut. I don't know what you would call that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he had to have that haircut for years. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, the film for the movie. Yeah, and this was in the early to mid-70s. You know, David Lynch talks about how, at that point, people, weird haircuts wasn't really a thing. You know, long hair was still controversial. So for years, this guy had to walk around with that haircut in public. But, That's uh, awesome. Goodness. Poor Jack. Yeah, poor Jack. He shows up in a lot of uh, David Lynch's work. We, uh, uh -huh. we knew him as Pete in Twin Peaks, and uh, I did not piece it together until... When uh, when we went to watch Racerhead, me was like, "It's Pete," and I was like, "It's Pete!" Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's the same guy. Yeah, I know he shows. He's been in a lot of David Lynch's work, and surprisingly, I'm not too familiar with David Lynch's work. Um, I've only seen this and Blue Velvet, which both of them are incredible. I haven't gotten around to what is it, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks, Dune, all that stuff. I just haven't had the time to get around to yet. But he definitely has a following. You guys have actually probably seen more david lynch stuff than i have yeah not a not a ton of his films um but we've watched we watched the original twin peaks the the new one fire walk with me we watched all of the twin peaks and stuff and uh but i don't think i've watched uh many more but we we tried we Dune. tried 
and Dune was, you know, it's not, wasn't well received. And, you know, sometimes things are worth the second uh, watch, but uh, it was really bad. I, I, I thought, um, so we have not ventured into other uh, David Lynch films actually. Okay. Well, was, this was actually your, your choice, Justin. So why did you pick this movie? There are um, a couple of scenes from this movie that uh, give me nightmares now. Uh, <laughs> a long, long time after seeing it the first time. And um, so we will talk about those scenes and revisiting was actually a lot of, a lot of fun um, to see some of the visuals again. Yeah, there are a couple scenes in this movie and it gives, it gives me like this really unsettling feeling pretty much unlike any movie I've, uh, I've seen. Um, oh, one other David Lynch thing, as we were talking about David Lynch, he has a new short film on net. You can get it on Netflix. And I'm not going to remember the name, the name of it, but it's him talking to a talking monkey. And he's like, it's Oh, like I heard about school, that. Yeah. It's like an old school, like um, investigative black and white film. And um, it's really good just to kind of, before I forgot about that. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, some of the visuals, um, and scenes really have stayed with me emotionally. Uh, so uh, when we started talking about picking horror movies, it was pretty pretty high on my list. Do you remember how old you were when you first saw this one? College, yeah. probably? Um, yeah, it was college um, because I learned about it from a college friend. Um, so I guess I was um, 19 when I watched it the first time would be my guess. 19, maybe 20. And do you remember what your, I mean, like, your original uh, you've probably never seen any well no one's seen really anything like this but you definitely at that time hadn't seen anything like this <laughs> in this neighborhood and honestly i mean i didn't have even a framework for thinking about what any of it meant other than it like it frightened me you know and, and like in a deep way not in like a yeah. scares but in a, like a, the whole world has gone wrong everything's bad but the world continues kind of way mm -hmm. like the worst kind of dystopia i can imagine um so anyways yeah just the the whole scenes uh stuck with me i had not seen anything i don't even think i had seen any real good dystopian literature you know uh, that, that i had really wrapped my head around at that age either well so have you did you see the movie again since then or was that the last time you saw it when you were i have not watched it all the way through except for maybe one other time i think that we like shared it with another friend so i think i had watched it one other time and then i had seen um i had like gone and pulled up on youtube and shared a couple of the scenes with people but i had not gone and watched it through and probably I may mean, spend at least uh 10 years okay yeah, I have a lot to say about this movie, um, but before I do, Mia, what's your story? Was this the first time you saw it? Had you seen it before? I had not seen it before. I was one of the people that that Justin had shared it with. I think it was like maybe maybe Thanksgiving one time when you're uh, when you two were talking about it and you showed me that really weird chicken club. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just vaguely remember it, but this is the first time sitting down and watching it and it's a fucking weird movie um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's i mean that that sums it up doesn't it yeah. uh, i've been so tempted to just put random clips from this movie on facebook without any explanation amazing we should on the facebook page that would be awesome people would be like what is going on <laughs> yeah so 
<laughs> Eddie, was it what you expected, Mia? How prepared were you for this? I mean, you've seen some of some of David Lynch's stuff before, so yeah, it 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 was I think on a whole new scale of like weird, unexplained things. Like I like to for my movies to come like full circle or like to explain what's going on. And a lot of it <laughs> was like really ambiguous. I have no idea what the hell was going on or what it meant. And so I was just like, why is this lady in here or in the radiator? Why is this going on? Or because it's not it's not explained. And a lot of a lot of it is just kind of like just left to your interpretation of what you think it is. And what makes it so frustrating is um, now almost um, what 35 years later almost David Lynch still won't you know there hasn't there hasn't been any explanation of this movie you think at some point he'd be like okay let me tell you what this is about nope which it's possible even he doesn't know what it's really about you know <laughs> I suspect that a lot of times with uh, uh, some of these more abstract creative types but um, like Jim Morrison some of his stuff on the doors like what, what are you talking about I don't think you even know but uh, it, it's, it's definitely an entertaining ride uh, <laughs> it, feels, it kind of feels like interpretations of like weird nightmares or dreams right just mm -hmm. all put together in some kind of like timeline or it's a strange movie yeah it's very yeah. nightmarish which i'm sure we'll get to but that's we'll get to our theories <laughs> yeah my background with this movie is <clears throat> excuse me i probably saw it when i was 14 maybe 15 so still fairly early on I mean I was definitely really into horror movies already by that point but still pretty early on when I was watching them and I can't remember how I discovered it I probably had found it online on you know scariest movies list or something like that but yeah I saw this movie and I still consider it one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen you know there's four maybe five movies that immediately come to mind if you ask me the scariest or more most disturbing movies i've ever seen and this is one of them mm -hmm. it's still i think the only movie that i can remember we're about halfway through it um at, at the point where the baby's sick um i think yeah. about that point is when i paused the movie and took a break because <laughs> i was just so uncomfortable um yeah and i came back and finished it what's that yeah, I mean, that's the first time, not the first time, but that's one of the times when my skin really crawls, like when it cuts back to the baby and the baby's sick and you're like, oh, and it's got that, oh gosh, it just, yeah, it's rough. Oof. Yeah, we'll get to that. But I think around that point was when I said, okay, I need to take a, a, a break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was pretty young too. So um, yeah, still the one of the only movies I've ever like had to just pause and come back to maybe an hour later or something, but yeah, this movie really had an uh, impact on me, and I I was thinking about it. I don't think I've watched it since then. Um, you know, that was 15 years ago, and I don't know that I've rewatched it since then, but so much of it has stuck with me. The chicken stuff, that really stuck with me. The baby, of course. Yeah, and there were watching it again. There were things I, of course, a lot of things I didn't remember, but there was a lot that never left. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a really weird, a really weird movie. But let, let's kind of get into. Uh, I, I struggled a little bit to think about how we would go through this. Normally, we kind of walk through the plot of the movie, but this film is very, very surreal. It borders on abstract sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, it actually, I think, finds a really good balance because it starts to get a little too abstract and then it comes back in. There is a plot going. 
you maybe don't know what's really going on, but there is a plot and things are happening. You know, it's not just random things on the screen most of the time. <laughs> so let's start off with what do you think is sort of the background setting of the movie? I, I have kind of two theories that I've come up with, but uh, Justin, you said dystopian. So yeah, I think I have um, two ideas and um, about what was going on here as well. One, the first time I watched it um, that stuck with me and then now kind of looking, thinking about it a little bit more, watching it again, looking into some interpretations. So when I watched it the first time, I pictured it as an alternative universe gone wrong in the future. So it's something where, you know, all the goodness is gone from society. It's post-industrial, it's mechanical, it's dark. There's nothing, there's just nothing to kind of live for. Everything's kind of mutated and deformed in some kind of way. People have lost their social skills. It's just like a breakdown, but humans are continuing on doing some like basic things, paying service, I guess, to the machines or something. I mean, he's still got his like, you know, little pocket protector, like he's going to work or something. So there's still like some tasks to do, but, but yeah, that was my, that's my first thought. Um, and then it also, I think another reasonable interpretation is uh, Henry. It's like a nightmare of Henry's um, because of the way the, like the way it starts at the very beginning. So whoever Henry might really be, he's having, parts of it are a nightmare part of it's really happening to him but it's but it's not clear which ones um so those are the two stabs i have mia did you have any uh different kind of interpretation from the movie or if you only see it once you're probably just not even sure what happened to you <laughs> yeah yeah it's i think i agree on like what is it post post-industrial kind of feel where I mean you don't really ever see any like actual landscape it's all like really dark you could just constantly hear this whipping wind mm -hmm. that is just in the background it's just dark and cold and sad so it's kind of makes me think of like you know after like global warming and everything is destroyed and everything is collapsing and They've just tried to continue with like normal life because he he wears like a suit in his little you know like you said his little like um pocket protector, pocket yeah. protector thing and <laughs> even when he's walking around he walks out around like really suspicious like like if somebody's following him or watching him it's it's really weird and like I agree like on how maybe like I think the chickens or whatever we get to chicken scene they're talking about how he had gotten these chickens and they're like different or small and really weird some are like engineered chickens yeah, like yeah we'll get to the chickens yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I there are two theories I kind of uh well one of them I I found that was interesting and there's one that I kind of go with the the one that I heard about was um <clears throat> someone suggested that Henry is an alien or that there's something extraterrestrial going on. And the reason is there's a lot of outer space imagery, right? I mean, the movie starts in outer space with there's a meteor and Henry's head is like floating through outer space. Yeah. Um, there's that asteroid that keeps coming in to the movie. There's the man who lives inside the asteroid, like almost like it's a spaceship or something. And then he's throwing switches um, to support that. Like you mentioned, Henry does seem just confused 
by everything around him. You know, walking around the city, he seems confused. Normal, simple tasks seem to confuse him. I don't know. That's that's not really what I go with, but uh, it's, it was an interesting, fun little theory I wanted yeah. to bring up. Yeah. I see the movie as taking place um, after an atomic war. So it is post-apocalyptic. And to support that, I think um, there's, there's some things that suggest it. One is just how everything is so desolate and worn down. You know, um, It would also explain all the mutations. There's a lot of mutations in this movie. Like almost everybody has something going on with them, either physically or mentally. It's also, there's one thing that I never didn't catch the first time I saw it, but in Henry's bedroom, there's a picture in the background that looks like an atomic explosion. Did you guys catch that? I didn't see that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, Watch it again or go back to some of the stuff in his room. There's a, a painting or a photograph in the background that looks like the old stock, the old footage you would see of Hiroshima just a mushroom cloud yeah so i'm like okay maybe there was some sort of atomic war and the fallout has just really done a number on humanity you know but i think it is it's probably futuristic post-apocalyptic somehow or yeah maybe just taking place in a nightmare world but (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah so and then i want to talk about some of the themes of the movie i mean and this is where i think it gets so part of why it gets uncomfortable there's some well what themes did you guys pick up before i start talking about it well you want to you want to tell your main takeaway you want to start with you want to start there just dive right in (laughs) go ahead and say it because i think we all have to kind of see the same thing i no, i i was discussing with justin that when we when i watched the movie i was watching it with my sister (laughs) and then i agree on i'm tacking on to her theory which is kind of like a movie about abstinence (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's these like big weird sperm, big weird sperm things that like that are a part of the movie. They come out of his mouth at the beginning and seem to play a role in impregnating his wife. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, his bed is full of of them. Yeah. yeah, There's giant sperm things throughout this movie. Yeah. 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 I think when there's I no other way to it, interpret those. Yeah, I think when I looked it up on uh, uh, Wikipedia afterwards, they used the term spermatoid or spermatoid, <laughs> spermoid, or something like that. Yeah. Spermoid-like character or something. It's weird. They're everywhere. Yeah, I think the movie is definitely uh, sexual somehow. Um, <laughs> but i saw it as um being about just sexual anxiety in general Mm -hmm. um i could definitely see the abstinence angle but um you know just um sexual anxiety in general and fear of parenthood Mm. yes yeah part of the movie is that's definitely a big one and maybe with uh with good reason in his case (laughs) yeah yeah well, none of us three have children, but, uh, you know, I'm sure when you, you know, you can't really understand until you do how stressful having a child must be, especially a little child, an infant, and, you know, how vulnerable they are, and you have to constantly take care of them, and you worry if they're going to be sick, if they're going to develop properly, and that's a lot of where the anxiety of this movie comes from, you know, he has this harmless, uh, well, not harm, harmless, but vulnerable little thing that he has to take care of, he's also kind of disgusted by it, um, he also didn't really want it, but now he has to take care of it. That's something a lot of people can maybe relate to. So, yeah. um, 
because they don't ever like fully like embrace it or hug it or mm-hmm. like or show yeah. it any love. There's no love in the movie. I mean, there, I mean, there are some sexual encounters, but there's not any. There's not anything like all of the like positive, good things of human interactions are just missing completely. <laughs> right. There's one very brief moment when she, uh, Mary, first moves in with Henry, where he comes home and the baby is kind of crying and but not too bad. And they both smile a little bit and like literally for about 10 seconds, it seems like almost a normal, happy family, but that's it. <laughs> Other than that, there's no, yeah, like you said, no love, no happiness. Uh, another thing before we get to the baby, just one thing I wanted to point out. Um, I don't know if this was intentional and maybe I just took too many film classes, but this movie also has like three female archetypes. You have his girlfriend. He, there's three women um in his life and i'm not sure how this guy gets so many women uh, maybe because this is his dream i don't know <laughs> but um the first one who becomes his wife the mother of his child uh she's kind of like um a 1950s movie woman where she's not really that well developed she's just kind of the girlfriend you know that's her role she cries a lot she's not very rational um then you have the ch- who i call the chipmunk girl um who is sort of like the girl next door type she, in, in her own twisted way. She's really, um, she's kind of friendly and welcoming, you know, she's with her own radiator. twist, of course. She's the one in the radiator with the- uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you uh, called her the scrotum face, I think. Call her scrotum face, yeah. yeah. Was... Scrotum face. To me, she looks like a chipmunk or a squirrel that has its mouth full of, uh, you know, acorns. So I just call her the, the chipmunk woman, but there's her. So you have those two, and then you also have the, you know, the seductress, the lady in red, you know, his neighbor who is, um, you know, the sexual Locked one. So. out of my apartment. Yeah. It's late. <laughs> Can I wife? stay here? Yeah. <laughs> where's your wife? <laughs> when she asks him where his wife is, and he's like, huh? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, his wife has just disappeared. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, if I had a dollar for every time a woman just showed up at my house late at night, you know, hey, <laughs> I locked myself out. Can I stay with you? I don't know about you guys, but it happens to me all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all $3, right? Or zero. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's nothing really, I mean, there's nothing more to say about that. I just thought it was kind of interesting mm-hmm. that there has, he has three kind of women in his life through relationships that are all kind of different archetypes of uh, women, but we need to get to what really makes this movie and that's the baby. Yeah. That's what's going to stick with you the most. I think throughout this movie is that damn baby. Uh, <laughs> does anybody want to try to describe the baby? <laughs> I'll take a first swing and then yeah, uh, give it a off. shot. So it's kind of like, I picture kind of like a sperm. Um, and it does kind of look like the sperm monsters. It yeah. does kind of look like a sperm monster. So it's kind of got like a narrow, kind of wormy body. The bottom half of its body is wrapped up uh, pretty much the entire movie. And then its head kind of resembles like a snake and a small puppy if you ripped all its fur off <laughs> and just left the skin and a little bit of skin on top of the skull. That's what I got tonight. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. That's uh, 
not bad. I would think to add on to that, it's um, I kind it kind of reminds me of ET. Like I think ET mm. is a scary, uh, maybe like a feed ET fetus. <laughs> yeah, you gotta squish ET's head together and stretch his body out a little bit. But yeah, it's a little yeah. dinosaur lizard looking. Yeah, I got a little dinosaur lizard face thing going on too. Yeah, yeah, its faces, everything about it is just wrong. Um, it's also very, it looks underdeveloped, like kind of uh, amphibious, like a toad or something. It's very slimy looking, and yeah, it's basically just like a spine with skin and a head on it. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like that thing from the SpongeBob episode, but. Never mind. That goes off topic. Look up. Is it the chocolate episode with SpongeBob where there's the woman in the wheelchair who's really creepy? Never mind. Everybody Google that. Yeah, uh, yeah we're, t- we're too old for a SpongeBob reference. Oh, oh <laughs> man. Golly. That's a burn, Jared. <laughs> but yeah, so all you see is this baby. Yeah, that's true. Not that's Jared. Right. <laughs> I was thinking the burn was him being young, but I guess that's not really a burn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But you have its body that's just wrapped up in cloth, and it doesn't appear to have any arms or legs. It's just like if you wrapped up a football and a lot of cloth, and then sticking out is a long, thin neck and this weird, weird head. It mm-hmm. doesn't really move. It just lays there. Um, yeah. It cries. Um, the sounds it makes is one thing that gets so horrifying because it 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 cries and it kind of sounds like a baby and it kind of doesn't. And I'll tell you what the sound reminded me of as somebody who worked with a lot of, you know, sick animals. Mm -hmm. um, It sounds like when a cat has been hurting um, and screaming for a long time, that sort of like guttural whine they do and they get really hoarse. It kind of sounds like that, you know, where it's not really a meow. It's more of a, um, that really just upset noise cats make when they're hurting or terrified. Uh, not a meow, not a hiss. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. If a cat does that for a long time and then you kind of mix it in with a baby, it sounds like that. So this thing is just crying throughout most of the movie. Um, and at one point, it's the mix, though. The crying wasn't the worst. Oh yeah. It also, at one point it screams when he tries to leave and at another point it laughs at him. It laughs at him when, and I was like, ah, that shit is creepy. Yeah. Once it starts laughing at him, you start to think, because up until that point, you're like, it's just some harmless, pathetic, deformed thing. But once it starts laughing at him, you think, oh, is it evil? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing about it is it, it just looks disturbing. Okay. Um, and by the way, they've never revealed how they did those effects. Um, and the effects are mind blowing. Some people have suggested that they use like a cow fetus or something, but it's, it's a really impressive effect. Um, yeah, I don't know how they did it and they're never going to tell us, but it's, it's really something. (laughs) Um, but it makes you feel there's two very strong emotions that kind of conflict when you look at this thing. One is um, the the typical response you would have to like a, a puppy or a baby where you want to take care of it. It's, it's, it's vulnerable, but <clears throat> you also have the same response that you have to maybe a cockroach. You kind of want to kill it. <laughs> yeah. It's so horrifying. You're just like, ah, get it away. You know, 
Uh, so I think revulsion. Revulsion, yeah. Revulsion and pity. Use, yeah, revulsion and pity would be the two that like both like oh no like the sounds it makes remind me of climbers i like, don't suffer like oh that's really sad and your your mommy's not there and you're in this horrible world um so i like have that but then also like particularly once it turns sick like I, I, i'm not grossed out by it until it turns sick and then when it turns sick it hurts me to look at it oh yeah um, yeah we'll get to that um so first let's go through some of the the scenes here now that we've kind of set it up um i want to talk about the opening we already kind of went over it it begins with outer space and henry's head is kind of like superimposed Mm -hmm. vertical floating through outer space um there's an asteroid we go to the surface of the asteroid there's some kind of wreckage i don't know if we're on a spaceship or what's going on here um there's a the asteroid is maybe like a brain that's interesting. Astral. Well, at the end of the, there's something to support that at the end of the movie. Yeah. But uh, inside, we see the diseased-looking man, and he he looks diseased, kind of like the baby. Eventually, looks yeah. diseased. Um, he's sitting next to a broken window. Um, then we see Henry again. He opens his mouth, and it's sort of like silent scream. And then, yeah, the giant sperm comes out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not how it's really done. Uh. <laughs> yeah right me yeah. too justin me too um so <laughs> but uh we go back to the disease man and he's like pulling levers of some sort and which causes the sperm to fly away and then it goes into like deep black water we go down into the water there's blackness we turn around and then we go out a hole which is bright white now at this point is this whole thing a metaphor for impregnation i think so birth yeah. I think that face he makes was the O uh, face. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's what I took from it. Yeah. <laughs> I like Jared's hand. Uh, that, only, that only took one level of abstraction, and I really missed it in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely in an O face. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And literally, literal ejaculation, right? <laughs> it's an O face. Uh, and then it goes into the dark place, and then it comes out to bright white light. You know, yeah. this is all. Man, I need you to. I need more of you two in my life. Apparently, fast. <laughs> We're a lot of fun, uh, but yeah. After watching, I didn't catch it. I mean, obviously, there's the sperm thing. You're like, what? Why is this a sperm? But then at the end, when you see it coming out of the bright white light, you know, in movies, that's always signifying birth. I'm like, oh, this whole thing has been like a metaphor for birth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, and then there is a baby. Yeah, his deformed baby. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's, after all that, um, there's Henry in this urban landscape. I guess it's, it's kind of like a city, except for one thing that's interesting is until near the end of the movie, he is the only the only person, I think the only living thing you see in the city. It's like he's he could be completely alone. He could be the last person alive, um, but he's walking through the city. Yeah, that's that's the opening scene. So it's ten minutes. That's pretty weird. And then we go into something that's kind of more like a, a regular narrative. Well, um, one thing I think that's worth touching on here, if it's okay, um, is this is this is the sound which we've mentioned on it. But oh, from yeah. the very beginning, this like first ten minutes, like every piece of it, the sound is really done well. But the one that that we talked about and that I and that I know is kind of celebrated is that kind of low background 
industrial noise. It's like sometimes it's wind, sometimes it's things grinding, sometimes it's a combination of the two. And it just, <laughs> I know we use this language earlier, but it just feels wrong. Like yeah. It just feels like something is wrong. Yeah, the, sound, which is weird. Sorry. The sound design in this movie is is spectacular. And yeah, you're right. There's there's this sort of ambient droning sound constantly. It changes depending on the scene, but sometimes it's wind, sometimes it's like machinery, uh, sometimes it's his it's his radiator. Um there's always something in every almost every scene, there's just something going on in the background. Sometimes a lot of times it's the baby. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's just this constant buzzing noise that kind of drives you crazy and it's it's brilliantly well done and sometimes it syncs up to what's going on in the the scene in an interesting way too it gets louder when as the emotions rise in the scene so yeah i i I, yeah the the sound is just brilliant you know i i'm not as knowledgeable about sound design as the visual element but uh yeah it deserves to be praised there's not a lot of music um, there's not a real soundtrack in the traditional sense, except for one part, and we'll get there. But yeah, the, the sound definitely contributes mm-hmm. to what makes this movie, what makes you so uncomfortable. Because we didn't really even talk about, it's not really even a horror movie, no. although it's one of the most horrific things you'll ever watch. You know, it's more of like, a, I don't know, just an art house film, you know. It's also black and white. We didn't even mention that. <laughs> it came out in 1977. It's black and white. Which has an impact on it. Yeah, it's really creepy. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I think we've set the stage, but uh, and it's going to be hard to describe some of these scenes. But um, yeah, it's not horror in the normal kind of way. Um, yeah. But you you nailed it there. I think. I mean, it is it is horrific, um, and it it it's a thing of nightmares. Uh, that's why disturbing. I back, yeah, it's just disturbing and it's surreal. And there's like, you know, um, I don't know how much of it you want to how much of we should do in like linear order but like you know there's these he's even like nightmares within the nightmare it seems like it sometimes yeah. that are like even more creepy and it's like whoa um yeah so, we'll get to that there's some stuff at the end uh, i definitely yeah, want to talk about too so there's just so much going on there and in preparation for these podcasts i always do a deep very detailed plot walk through um doing that for this trying to describe every scene was definitely a challenge but uh, I want to jump forward a little bit to there's some things that happens in there. Mostly he just goes to his room. He meets the um, he meets the seductress next door who tells him his ex-girlfriend or whatever called to go have dinner at her parents' place. So I really want to talk about the dinner scene. <laughs> um, so Henry goes to her house, Mary, we meet her. Uh, first off, there's this weird screeching noise that goes on while he's meeting her mom and you uh, eventually the camera turns and you realize it's uh, puppies nursing on mom. First off, that's not what puppies nursing sounds like. Everybody, <laughs> if you've never been around uh, puppies, newly born puppies, that's not what they sound like. Uh, the puppies never really come back. They're just there to make weird noises. And again, something to do with childbirth, fertility. I don't know. Well, also, uh, it's just another example, too, of like everything that could be good in the world being bad. Mm-hmm. Like it made it makes puppies nursing sound creepy which is yeah. impossible um <laughs> you're not allowed to enjoy anything in this movie right yeah well this right. world and like in this whole world like all positive things are like yeah, that's my that's my running theory now all positive good things have been sapped out of this universe <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh 
So he meets Mary's mom, like presumably for the first time, and she starts asking Henry about himself. Now, here's the first really weird part that's just unexplained. And you're like, wait, did that just happen? Um, as he's introducing himself, Mary has this weird fit, kind of like a seizure. She just starts yes. freaking out. I don't know how else to describe it. Mm-hmm. And her mom responds as if this is a normal thing. Like they've done this a million times. And But she just starts brushing her hair yeah. really rapidly. Um, and then it stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that just really throws you off. Like, well, what the hell was that? It's never explained. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's another thing. People in this movie just have these weird little fits, you know, like something in their brain is just kind of broken and then they come back. So uh, yeah, I don't know. That happens. Um, <laughs> um, and next, Bill, who I assume is Mary's dad. It's not explicitly stated. Um, but he comes in and tells them they are having man-made chickens, small as your hand. <laughs> Yeah, and Bill's kind of a fun guy because uh, he's mostly upbeat and kind of friendly, you know, but he also kind of goes on these weird little rants where he starts talking about his old injuries or stuff like that, but he's mostly friendly. Um, There's another weird scene where Mary's mom is preparing salad in the kitchen, and there's this old lady there, presumably grandma. I don't know. She never moves. She just sits there. Uh, <laughs> and Mary's mom puts the bowl of salad in her lap, comes behind her, grabs her hands, and uses her hands to mix up the salad and then takes it away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like maybe these people are trying to create some sense of normalcy, like maybe how they used to live, but they can't quite do it. I don't know. And then she puts a cigarette in her mouth and lights it for her. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just weird, weird stuff here. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. I mean, I... I each little piece too, uh, like just adds to the sense again that something's just wrong, um, right? Something's just off with everyone, as kind of you put it. You know, they're still kind of interacting in some ways as humans, but without the, you know, <laughs> the positive things, just these creepy ticks and and uh, weird interactions. Well, then we get to the dinner scene, and this is one of the parts of the movie. There are two or three parts of this movie that will always stick with me, and this one really freaked me out the first time I saw it. Um, Bill asked Henry to cut the chickens, the little miniature chickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, do I just cut them like regular chickens? Yeah, just like regular chickens. And <laughs> so I like the fact that even Henry here, it sort of seems to be aware that something's wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but then here's stuff goes from weird to flat out terrifying. He sticks the the fork into the chicken to start cutting it, and it begins to pump out this like black goo and kicks its legs like it's still alive. It's completely cooked, but it's kicking its legs like it's still alive and reacting to pain. Um, so that's terrible. <laughs> but what also happens? Oh yeah, um, Mary's mom also has her own little seizure-like fit. Except hers is maybe it's because of what we've already seen in this movie, but hers was almost sexual. Did you guys notice that? Like she's kind of moaning and sticking her tongue out and stuff. Uh, yeah, and this is going on simultaneously with the chicken squirting out goop and mm-hmm. kicking its legs. And finally, her mom has like a little breakdown and she excuses herself and leaves the room, followed by Mary. Uh, yeah, so if you're not uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable yet, you are now after that. That's uh, and, and just how they interact with one another. Um, 
there's no like kind of back and forth with in terms of like an engage like any of the normal getting to know somebody bringing their boyfriend home to dinner for the first time that you're used to all the pleasantries all the potential for like building relationships and stuff here again it's just like there's not it's like whatever the opposite of that and then yeah. like also like a complete inability for like a group of people to commune together they're just all off in their own little tortured world stuck yeah. around the table together well i mean it's not really well i guess it is like a meeting of henry but it's really kind of like a you know a kind this is the time that the mom is getting to know him but then be like did you sleep with my daughter because yeah, that's right and so they're about to drop this big old bomb and it's kind of like all the tension and great craziness that it has caused yeah it's it wasn't clear to me if that's why i mean surely that's why mary brought him there to tell him but it wasn't clear if the mom knows that at first or if she doesn't find out until they run off into the room together because mary starts crying so presumably that's when she talks to her mom because she comes back in later is like henry i need to talk to you but yeah at the beginning of the when when they first meet she she starts to sort of ask him normal questions like mary tells me you're a nice boy what do you do um, but all the dialogue in this movie is off and people pause a long time in between when they speak, like they don't know how to talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is also but, a classic David Lynch thing. Twin Peaks has a little bit of this too with the characters. There's like awkward pauses and some really uh, challenge, some, some characters that really struggle to just have basic dialogue. Um, yeah. He executes it really well, I think. Yeah, and it throws you off because you're so used to, especially nowadays in film, people talking very fast. And whenever someone um, takes too long to respond, it kind of draws you in like, well. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But after that, like you just said, um, Mary's mother comes back in and asks Henry, oh, before we get to that, there's a great little touch. Um, <laughs> when they're both out of the room and it's just henry and bill bill turns to henry and he says well henry what do you know and he smiles at um henry but then he freezes like <laughs> he, he's blinking but other than that he's not moving his smile stays the same his body doesn't move he just stands there with this blank smile staring at henry for a really long time like again like he's broken um <laughs> and even when mary's mother comes back in and asks you know henry can i speak to you for a minute he's still just frozen there with a smile on his face it's it's kind of comical there's a little bit of humor in this movie just a little bit uh, <laughs> but uh there's there's another part later but so mary's mom takes henry aside and tries to pressure him into admitting that he had sex with mary um and as before he can really admit to it but he's kind of starting to admit to it she like assaults him basically um, and starts kissing his neck like really comes on to him strongly and then mary comes in and stops her so yeah there's another part that just happens and isn't explained uh, but mary's mother says there's a baby at the hospital uh and then some foreshadowing here well not really foreshadowing it's pretty, ex pretty explicit henry says there hasn't been enough time for there to be a baby and Mary says the creepiest line of the whole movie. They're still not sure if it even is a baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're like, "Oh God, what what is this?" You know. 
Um, the idea of giving birth to something that isn't quite human is is very disturbing, I think. And we've been um, here before, right? On our podcast, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby is a good one. I was uh, The first thing that comes to mind for me is, have you guys seen um, David Cronenberg's The Fly with uh, um, the guy from Jurassic Park? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, yes. Yeah. You, you seen The Fly? I have not been. We were talking about Jeff Goldblum today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he was also in uh, 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 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. yeah. But the there's a scene in that movie. Yeah. There's a scene in that movie where she, it's like a nightmare scene, but she gives birth to like a giant maggot. It's a very disturbing scene. But anyways, it reminded me of that. It, it kind of reminds, there's also like if no one, if, Raised by Wolves. Mm-hmm. There, really oh good. wow yeah that birth scene so if you have not seen raised by wolves definitely check it out i recommend her but there's okay. a weird crazy birth scene there too that is just like is very yeah. jarring yeah. yeah it even works but, in it's too as part of it yep in a pretty creepy way mm-hmm. so yeah there's this whole weird like you know how do you not know if it's a baby um okay but um we learned <laughs> yeah mary's mother said that it was a premature baby but it was a baby and that they're going to get married soon um and this causes henry's nose to start bleeding which is kind of funny again another thing that just happens it's not explained Henry, henry's nose starts bleeding i guess from the stress of realizing he has a baby and he has to get married now um now keep in mind people we are only a half hour into this movie <laughs> There's still an hour to go. Uh, after all this, I looked at the the timer. I was like, oh, my God, that's only a half hour. Um, <laughs> I also didn't mention that the first 10 minutes, 10 or 11 mov- minutes of this movie, there's no dialogue. Yeah. Uh, you don't hear any dialogue until he's confronted by the woman from next door who tells him that he has a call from Mary. And when you do hear someone finally talk, it, it's, it's almost like a jump scare, you know? Um so yeah, jump forward a little bit. Um, you know, if we had a few hours, I would like to talk about like every part of this movie, but <laughs> we'll try and keep this under two hours. Um, the middle of the movie, we have the baby, the, the diseased baby. We'll get to that. And what I've been calling the chipmunk woman. So they've moved in together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the baby keeps crying. This causes Mary to get out of bed and start screaming at the baby to shut mm-hmm. up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, which some of this, again, I feel like this movie, um, I need to watch it again if I ever have children because <clears throat> there's a lot about parenting that I'm sure people who have children can relate to. Like, you know, not getting a good night's sleep is a pretty common thing. Um, and I'm sure that can drive you a little crazy, but hopefully you don't get out of bed and scream at your infant. Uh, <laughs> but... so not. Yeah, or hit she, them depending on you know where you happen to live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> either screaming at them or hitting at them, just so we're all clear. <laughs> but she leaves, like she's like, I'm done. She grabs her purse and she leaves to get a decent night's sleep. It's not clear if she's going to come back or not. Um, when she's trying to get her luggage out of the off from underneath the bed, is just really awkward. I couldn't understand what she was doing at first. Yeah, so she's. Like she's got her purse and she's about to leave. And then she's like, comes to the foot of the bed and the bed starts shaking. It's like, she's shaking the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually it goes on too long, but eventually she pulls out a suitcase from under the bed. So apparently she was struggling to get the, um, 
to get the suitcase out. But normally I wouldn't say this because actually I'm really tired of Freudian interpretations of film because when I was in film school, that's all everything was. But this movie, it's definitely intentional. Um, so I think that maybe there's something sexual to that. You know, the bed is kind of rhythm- rhythmically pulsating back and forth. Again, who knows? But yeah, you're like, what the fuck? What's going on? And she pulls yeah. out her. What is she doing? Because you just see her face against the wired like bed area, and she is just going. Yeah. Not really sure what she's doing until she pulls out this big old suitcase. Yeah, yeah. It's it's again. There's just so much in this movie that is just off, and you don't have time to think about it. It's just over, and you're moving on to something else. But so she's gone, and now Henry is left alone with his baby. Uh, the baby, of course, has just been crying constantly, but he wakes up in the middle of the night and it stopped crying. Um, oh man, we skipped over some great stuff too with her like force feeding the baby, holding its mouth open. But um, so he takes its temperature again. He has to, I thought about it because he has to like force the baby's mouth open to take its temperature. Uh, he seems happy, but then there's this real jarring jump cut um where the baby is fine and then suddenly it comes to a close-up of the baby and what we've kind of been talking around it's diseased it has like growths all over its body um i don't know tumors welts whatever you want to call them but it is the baby was already horrific looking and now it is truly nightmarish you know my skin crawls and still does looking at that that boils everywhere all over but they're like proportional to its little size but they're 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 kind of hard looking like immediately and oh gosh yeah it's yeah and it does mirror the diseased man at the beginning of the movie yeah. maybe that's where the sperm came from maybe the sperm comes from the guy pulling the levers out in outer space <laughs> well there's definitely something going on with him he comes back at the end but um yeah, so that's that's terrifying. At this point, if you need to take this, may, this was probably about the point where I, like I said, I took a break from the movie. You know, just him being alone with this thing <laughs> is bad enough. But anyway, so Henry, he's like, "Oh, you are sick," um, but he sets up like a little humidifier for it. I guess that's that's what you do. I don't know. <laughs> what, what else do you do in this situation? But for the baby. <laughs> at one point, he tries to go out and check his mail. Um, that's another thing we didn't mention. He had gotten something in the mail that he hid from Mary. It's like this tiny little package and inside it's like one of those little miniature sperm things, except dried up and dead looking. I don't know, but he tries to go out and check the mail again. But every time he opens the door, the baby starts screaming. It's been crying, but now it's actually screaming, you know, like it's, it's terrified to be left alone. So there's also, uh, I skipped over it, but there's a brief part where he's looking at the radiator and a light comes on and we see like a stage, but then the light goes out and it's not explained. But it, then it happens again. And this time the radiator, the light in the radiator comes on and then we like zoom in and there's a stage. And let's talk about this part because it's another part of the movie that's very memorable. Uh, did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> You called her uh, earlier. We said you guys were calling her like the scrotum face or something. What were you calling her? Yeah, scrotum face. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she dances or, or around the sperm. Yeah. Yeah. And she has a scrotum face. And she has a scrotum face. <laughs> 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 Both reasons. <laughs> yeah, I could see it as that. I I always just saw it. My first thought was like a woman with um, her cheeks are overly stuffed. They're unnaturally swollen and uh, they're like tumors or something. But it made me think of a 
you know, a chipmunk with its mouth full of food, except disease somehow or something. Other than that, she looks normal, except for a really messed up face. But she is, I don't know. How did you guys react to her? She, there's some, she's creepy, but she's also kind of friendly and welcoming. You know, she's smiling the whole time. Singing. She has her hands kind of like up to her face in this very kind of kind of I mean it's like the shitty version of left of what's left to be like good (laughs) (laughs) the best we could get of like a positive singing character about a future heaven or something is this diseased scrotum looking woman um and that's the perversion that's left to positive things. That's, here we go. That's well, she's, we she's one of the only ones that's smiling yeah. and singing in this whole... Yeah, and she is constantly smiling. Yeah. Um, if anything, she's too friendly. And you're like, what's, what, what's, what's up with her? And this part, she doesn't sing. She comes back later, and that's where she sings. This part, she's just quiet. And she's dancing, but she's not really dancing. It's like she's trying to dance. She's more like just kind of like shuffling around the stage. And as she's dancing, those sperm things are falling on the stage everywhere. Mm-hmm. And at first she seems to be trying to avoid them, but then she starts stopping them and seems to be enjoying herself. <laughs> um, and then she vanishes into the darkness, seen over. So <laughs> yeah. it's weird though that because of everything in this movie, she to me feels like like, oh, I want to hang out with her. She she's the best we got, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh protagonists or people you would enjoy spending time with in this movie yeah yeah give me the woman with the messed up face (laughs) but uh oh we already talked about this scene but you tell me you like scrotums that's (laughs) 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 which is worse scrotum or chipmunks (laughs) Uh, i i worked with a Squirrel and chipmunks, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> squirrel, uh, squirrel. Anyways, we already kind of mentioned this point, but there's a part where he wakes up and Mary's shortly after this, he wakes up and Mary's back in the bed and she's making weird noises. Like, again, that just doesn't make sense. Like, she's scratching her eye, but it's making a squeaky noise. And he reaches into the bed sheets and he starts pulling out those gigantic sperm things. Like, literally, his bed is. Uh, in the bed sheets um, and he's he's like throwing them against the wall <laughs> making them splat they're like snake size I mean these yeah. are like huge huge <laughs> metaphorical sperms yeah they're like three or four feet long and yes and it seems like they're almost like embedded huh, into the bed because ah. he's like struggling to pull them out you know but yeah he throws them against the wall and they explode uh <laughs> But then Henry gets a visit again from the attractive neighbor. I don't think she's ever given a name, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people in this movie just don't get a name. Um, but yeah, like Justin said earlier, there's the seduction scene where she's like, I locked myself out of the room. It's so late. Can I stay here? Dude, uh, maybe think too, when you were talking about earlier about it's like the scene, it's, it doesn't feel as awkward because it's a seductive in the middle of the night scene, but it's also very drawn out between yeah. her like sentences or like her comments yeah it takes takes forever i i I don't know he's it's late (laughs) yeah yeah just these long pauses but oh we also mentioned there's a weird little scene here where the baby is trying to cry and he's like covering its mouth so she won't hear it oh 
didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, like almost like he's smothering it. But so, of course, they get into bed together. And here's where things, you know, things get really weird again uh, because we see them in bed together, but the bed is sort of like a pool. Yeah, it's like a like a, kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't understand yeah. what was going on there at all. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we can assume that everything that happens over the next like twenty minutes is just a dream. I don't know, but yeah, they're in the bed together, and they like. I would like to know how they shot this because it looks like a. It doesn't cut away. It looks like it'd be very tricky to to shoot, but they like slowly fade under the water. Then suddenly she's alone by herself in darkness. They're the meteor from the beginning of the movie is back. The radiator woman, chipmunk woman, whatever you want to call her, she appears again. <laughs> yeah. And this time she's singing. And I love her little song. Um, in heaven. <clears throat> yeah. In heaven, everything is fine. You've got your good things and I've got mine. Got and it's great. Then at the end of the movie, it's kind of implied that he went to heaven. I don't know, but we'll get to that. But yeah, she just sings. She's been completely silent, and now she's she's singing, and she sings the same like two verses over and over again. And something about the music is a little, a little off, where it's kind of creepy. But it's also a little beautiful. This was the time where I thought, you know, you I think you mentioned it earlier, but where she was kind of the one character that you would want to spend time with. Um, but yeah, she she seems like sincere in her like little two line song. You know, she right. seems to really be in endearing it and believing in her you know kind of her prayer that everything is okay in heaven yeah so that that's another part that i've i've occasionally sent to friends like here just watch this this woman's singing um, but um so I she finishes her song uh, <laughs> what's that i usually send them the chicken scene <laughs> yeah yeah that too. Oh. but we're about to get to some really disturbing stuff but right after that so uh, then Henry suddenly comes up on stage and she kind of like reaches out to him and he tries to reach out to her. But every time he tries to touch her, everything goes like bright white. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she vanishes. Now <clears throat> we get to the freakiest part of the movie in my mind, if it hasn't been freaky enough already. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to describe all this. It's completely surreal. So I'll do my best, but. So she vanishes. They're still on this stage. And in her place, the um, the disease man from the beginning of the movie, he appears and then he vanishes. Like, he just comes and goes. Henry has, we didn't talk about it, but Henry has this, like, dead plant or baby plant in his room that's sort of, like, tucked into a giant pile of dirt. It's not in a, <laughs> it's not in anything. It's just a pile of dirt and a stick sticking out. But this plant is rolled out like a giant one is rolled out on stage. Now this is how you know you're you're really sucked into the good atmosphere of a movie when a plant being rolled on stage makes you uncomfortable, you know. <laughs> and then here it comes. Henry's head out of nowhere flies off. Like his head just comes off like he's been decapitated. Um it falls on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the plant begins to leak out this dark fluid kind of like the same stuff the chicken did earlier. Uh, a lot of it and the part that bothers me the most about this movie, um, we're, he's, his body, he's still standing there just headless. The baby's head comes out where his neck was. And it is a horrible, horrible image <laughs> to see, you know, that thing's neck and head sticking out of a human body. Um, and it's like screaming. 
but uh <laughs> his head is just like laying there too there's yeah. this one shot at the end of that scene that's like a still still shot kind of of his head laying in the blood and the new the baby's head on his body in the suit uh with its little hands doing the little thing they're doing it just kind of like it's not exactly a freeze frame but it kind of zooms out and just takes it in for a minute and i'm like yeah that is hell that's what hell looks yeah. like <laughs> yeah, this is david lynch captures nightmares really well on this movie but then okay so now that we've been to in my mind the most terrifying part of the movie although maybe not the most disturbing but the well one of the most horrible parts of the movie to me just that image um now things get really really weird they go off in a completely different direction not really scary anymore just kind of weird and abstract because his head which is surrounded by this fluid falls through and then bam it lands in the middle of the city like at the beginning of the the movie um, like a homeless man sees the head, but a young boy runs up and carries it away. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, this is the first time we see anybody else inside the city other than Henry. Um, the boy takes it to some place. I don't know. None of this is explained, but there's um, a, like a store or something. Um, there's a little bit of humor here where the guy who's working behind the counter is like frantically pressing the button. And then his boss comes out and yells at him like really loud. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like something from, um, you know, a Three Stooges yeah. sketch. Like, oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waving his finger. Um, but he sees the head and the well-dressed man sees the boy with the head. He takes him into the back where there's another man and there's some sort of strange machine they're operating. And I guess we find out why the movie is called Eraserhead. Not really. But he drills into the head and pulls out a long, thin thing. He puts the thing into the machine, and we see that there's a bunch of other things like it, and it's turning them into pencils. The pencil comes out of the machine. He writes on a paper, erases the writing, says, it's okay, and then the man pays the boy. If anybody knows what the hell to make of that, I mean, I guess you could really stretch and say it's something about the dehumanization of people and an industrial world. I don't know. People being made into objects. People's brains being used as erasers for pencils. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't what that symbolizes. It's not good. Um, that's my takeaway. It's not good for brains to be used for erasers. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what I know. <laughs> Maybe something to do with brainwashing. I don't know. I had always assumed the name. We didn't talk about the name of the movie. I had assumed the the name came from his haircut. He just has that weird haircut. And then maybe the baby's head, the shape of his head, which kind of mirrors his the shape of his hair. And then you have this scene. I don't know. But the movie just goes off in a weird direction for like 20 minutes. But all right. Time for the big finale. <laughs> uh... Yeah. So now we go back to Henry in his bed. His head's back. Or maybe it was never gone. So all that was maybe a nightmare. I don't know. Not clear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he goes across to see his neighbor next door. And she doesn't answer. And then when he comes back inside, then we get the another really horrible part where his baby is laughing at him. Yeah. He's laughing. There's no other way to interpret that. It is laughing at him. The subtitles um, says cackling. cackling. And cackling oh, really? felt like the perfect description of what was yeah. going on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't watch it with subtitles, but that's perfect. Cackling is a good word. Like yeah. it is just, hey, you know. Um, and it's really disturbing because up until this, you've heard like sad sounds. You've heard it cry and scream. Well, now it's, 
Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but too, it's like it's right after he's like tried to go meet up with the woman, as you said, and yeah. you don't quite know it yet, I think. But you know, she's with another man, and he's like sad about it, and so the baby's yeah. like very clearly mocking him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a theme here, I think. Um, you know, talking about the themes of fear around parenthood when people have children, sometimes they feel like they're their life is their social life is over their life has been completely changed so maybe there's something here we're like oh i've got a baby now so you know i can't enjoy the things i used to enjoy like having a woman over and the baby is literally mocking him right yeah. um but there's uh the baby just keeps laughing too like periodically it just keeps laughing at him as he's trying to sleep but he gets out of bed and opens his door and across the hall he sees the woman going into her room but she's with another man He's a weird looking guy. Of course he is. Um, but just to, just in case the earlier part didn't scare you enough, for a brief moment, it cuts back to Henry and it's him with the baby head again. Uh, and then it cuts back, cuts back to him again and he's back to normal. But just seeing that again is horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Like when she looks at him, mm-hmm. what you see for a minute is the baby head again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I thought we were past that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time I, yeah. Although we survived that trauma, <laughs> why is it back? Every, when I first saw that, it reminded me, it's it's weirdly, it's a weird moment, but it reminded me of, remember the old Super Mario movie with like, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminded Koopas. me of the Koopas. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Um, I've thought about that before. At some point, I saw that movie, and it made me think of that connection. Just these big bodies with these weird little heads. Yeah. yeah good good comparison. <laughs> um, but so he goes back inside, and now he's having, like, I guess, kind of an emotional breakdown. His baby is laughing at him. The woman, he's realized this woman is not really cheating on him, but at least sleeping with someone else. <clears throat> and then he goes, and he gets a pair of scissors. Uh, and he goes and he sits by his baby and you're like oh no what's he going to do and he seems to think about it for a minute now i think this scene is more impactful because throughout this entire movie he has been a very passive person things just sort of happen to him and he just lets it happen um this is the first time where he really takes charge and he does something eh, well he takes the scissors and he cuts open the bandaging on the baby and when he does that, you realize that the baby really doesn't have a body. Below its neck, it's just organs, exposed organs that were being held together by this, band- this, this bandaging. So now the bandage opens and the baby's insides are just exposed. And the baby is, it doesn't die immediately. It's like dying very slowly. And I don't know if he's trying to put it out of his misery or what, but he stabs it in its organs and there's like blood squirting everywhere. It's spitting up blood. It's like crying. It's a really horrific scene. Um, Again, they probably used real organs here. I don't know. Um, And then the baby, now things get really weird. Um, Like this white, I don't know, like oatmeal, looking white stuff thick white stuff starts coming out of its mouth more than there could possibly be and it starts feeling going everywhere then the electricity in the room starts going haywire like all the lights start flashing and the socket starts sparking 
Um, and then the baby's head starts to grow as all the lights grow out and are flickering on and off. The baby's head becomes like half the size of the room and it starts like flashing all across the room. <laughs> okay, so that's horrible. It looks like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into the asteroid from the beginning of the movie. Um, it cracks open. We go back inside again. We see the diseased man who is now struggling with the lever, the levers as sparks are flying. Everything goes bright white. Um, then we see the, the radiator woman again. She comes up to Henry with a big smile and hugs him and the movie ends. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about that? <laughs> what were you thinking when he, what were you thinking when he cut the baby open? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, it's because everything else has been so crazy. Um, it's hard to know, like, what he's doing. Like, is he is he had enough, um, or is he like checking on it? Like, what's the deal? And then you get, and then pretty quickly, the baby starts kind of showing lots of pain, and he doesn't stop. And so you're like, okay, well, it's not a good move. And then like all the all of its insides are just out on display. And then, yeah, and then there's like this moment and then he just kind of like stabs what looks like the most vital one sitting there. And um, like his heart or his lungs or something. Yeah. And it feels like mercy in some ways. Like it, in some ways it feels like mm-hmm. the most humane thing that's been done after right feeling like it was the most terrible thing that had been done. Like after he cuts the baby open and then the baby's suffering and then he puts it out of its misery it's like really, really hideous and then sort of humane. I don't know. It was pretty, pretty, pretty messy there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The first time I saw it, I didn't realize that the baby didn't have a body. The first time I saw this movie, I thought that he was trying to cut the bandages and accidentally cut the body too. But watching it again, it definitely does just not have a torso. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's curious. Maybe he's intentionally trying to kill it. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make about this. But then it doesn't kill it, so he tries to kill it, and that doesn't work, and it turns into a monster. <laughs> that monster alone is really creepy. The giant face like in his apartment floating around everywhere. You've already seen so much in this movie that you're a little desensitized, but that part's pretty freaky. Yeah. And then the ending, I mean, I guess, you know, however you want to interpret the movie, he, he dies and goes to heaven. If you believe he was an alien, he goes back to outer space. Who knows? It gets so abstract. There's really no proper way to interpret it. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, Research that's head. Head. I mean, and, and it's not about, like, as we said earlier, it's not really about the plot line. I mean, the thing <laughs> that sticks with you is the world's most awkward dinner of all time and then the world's ugliest baby of yeah. all time those are the two things that like when i think about this movie i think about i can't imagine how to make a dinner more awkward and i can't imagine how to make a baby more uglier yeah one of the most disturbing movies of all time and i'm kind of reminded of when we talked about uh, lucio fulci's films where if you try and make sense of it you're either going to be upset or you're going to have a headache. You know, you just have to approach it as like you're experiencing in someone's nightmare and then it will not make sense, but 
you'll kind of get it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of a nightmare. Really good way to put it. And it was a long time before I really enjoyed movies where I could think of it as that way. Like I needed movies to be like a narrative, yeah. you know, linear story. Um, but I think that's that's exactly right. Like it feels like you're experiencing someone else's nightmare. And if you think of it that way, for people who maybe don't really dive into film in the same kind of way, I think that's a useful kind of frame for people. <clears throat> yeah. So one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen still to this day, it stuck with me for all those years and seeing it again, it still bothered me, you know, as, as someone who's watched a lot of the supposed most disturbing scariest movies of all times. This one bugs me. It really does. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, any last words uh, about Eraserhead? Justin, are you you happy we, we got to discuss this movie? <laughs> I am very happy we discussed this movie. I, you know, we've talked about um, it. Uh, it's my, it's my, one of my favorites in the genre. If memorable and disturbing are the criteria, it uh, is as good as anything I've ever seen in this genre, I think. And, uh, but people shouldn't approach it like lightly. And people shouldn't approach it just like a modern film. I mean, you really have to go into it thinking about it and as this like surreal, nightmarish experience. Um, <clears throat> but if you can get comfortable with that and you like to be scared, it's horrific. Yeah, because even if you've seen, I'm just wondering, hopefully somebody listened to this whole podcast without seeing the movie first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Just listening to us talk, I'm like, wow, what would somebody think if they heard this discussion without seeing the movie? And the movie may actually be worse. If you listen to this podcast and you've never seen the film, reach out to us. Yeah. Reach out to us on the on our SoundCloud or our Facebook page and let us know because it would be really interesting to know if someone listened to us describe it and then went and watched the film and uh, how poor of a job we did trying to describe these scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's... It's something. It's its own movie. It exists in its own world. There's really nothing like it. Even if you've seen David Lynch stuff and you know David Lynch is a weird filmmaker, it's weird by his standards. Um, I don't know. Have fun. Enjoy the nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't look for like um like uh, resolution. Resolution. <laughs> yeah. Just be. <laughs> Just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, and like we always say with any movie, I think you should do this with all movies, but uh, this one in particular, some of the really good ones we've covered lately, put down your cell phone, turn off the lights, you know, focus, just let yourself get soaked in. It's an hour and a half. Um, and just experience it, you know, because it's an experience. But all right, well, um, oh, a couple things we should mention. Um, Everybody, you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud right now. We just got a Spotify. So if you guys like Spotify, you can uh, go check us out on there. Um, please check out the Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook page is actually Rabid Weasel Reviews. Um, we've gotten some logos up recently that are pretty cool. Awesome. Um, Your profile picture is badass. Yeah. Uh, I have just been using all public domain stock footage. <laughs> Well, not stock footage, but public domain uh, stills from public domain movies. There was uh, uh, House on Haunted Hill and what was the other one? But anyways, now now we're a little bit more professional looking. We're working on some time in the future getting a, a website up. All that stuff takes time and money. But um, thanks for listening. Let's do an introduction for the next movie. For the next movie, we are going to go back. Hey, did you guys see the 
Godzilla vs. King Kong trailer? Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Yep, I was really excited. Um, I'm well, what do you think? You're you are the big kaiju fan in this, yeah. So, we're running a little. We're running a little low on time here, so I'll keep it quick. But man, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I'll just keep it at that. It looks really cool. Seeing, I've watched that clip, that like two second clip where uh, King Kong punches Godzilla in the face probably 50 times. <laughs> and it's this oh thing on Twitter. Gosh. It turned out I follow uh, some some primate Twitter accounts because I think uh, chimpanzees and primates are kind of interesting. And there's been a back and forth between like primate Twitter accounts and lizard Twitter accounts about who would win between King Kong and Godzilla. Opposable thumbs win. <laughs> no, atomic breath wins. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, in the trailer, he Godzilla has a, doesn't he have a weapon? Maybe. Yeah, Kong does. Oh, I'm Godzilla. Kong, yeah, Kong has a weapon Ooh. that he uses to smack Godzilla in the head. Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, and if you look, it appears to be made out of uh, a Godzilla bone and part of his spine. Yeah. So, anyways, this was uh, the original Godzilla versus King Kong came out in 1962, I think, um, and it's wonderfully cheesy, but. It's always been one of my favorite Godzilla movies, and I've. It's one of the few movies I've thought for years. Like, why don't they remake that movie? Mm-hmm. You know, with modern day budget and effects, it'd be pretty cool. Um, so getting, I'm really, hmm? and we're getting it now. When is it? Re- when is it releasing? Do you know? Uh, in the end of March, I think. In the states, it's like March 30th. Uh, it's going to be coming out on HBO Max and limited in theaters. I mean, right now, guys, it's still early 2021 so if you're listening to this in the future the pandemic's still a, a big problem so i don't know maybe some places you'll be able to see it in theater hopefully over here i'll be able to see it in theater but if not you can watch it on hbo max um i'm excited i just want to see um king kong and godzilla fight again it'll be cool let's do um, a, let's do a live viewing on hbo max together team i would love <laughs> watch that together that would be fun yeah uh when this one comes out we'll definitely have to do something to talk about it um i want to talk it i mean it's not on our plan but we should should think about doing it like as a follow-up to one of our episodes is uh Mm -hmm. since we're i think you're about to announce what we're going to do but uh it would be fun to do a follow-up we could maybe even sneak in an extra one if you know if you want to talk king kong and godzilla i'm game maybe we could do like um we could do a reaction video just like kind of unscripted after we both watch the movie we'll get together and just record our conversation you know yeah, be fun. Be cool. let's do it um, but yeah so we kind of went off on tangent there um but the reason is <laughs> because next episode episode number 17 uh wow every episode i'm like did we really do this many already but um episode 17 we will be talking about the original godzilla uh from 1954 now everybody go watch I want to be clear, we're talking about the original Japanese Godzilla, 1954, not the 1955 American version called Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, we'll probably, if you guys have time, watch both of them. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that movie too, but I, I specifically want to talk about the original cut because it's not as well known in America. And Godzilla is one of my favorite things of all times. I plan on eventually covering all these movies. So... But yeah, everybody go watch Gojira um, and be prepared to listen to us talk about it. Woo-hoo, yeah, watch it. It's good. Godzilla is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. 
Hey, this was fun. Thanks for letting me uh, share Racerhead with everyone. I know we get to take turns picking the movies, but this has been my like favorite horror experience full stop as like independent of us doing this together. Um, so I, I really enjoyed talking about Racerhead with the two of you. So thank you. Well, thank you guys for participating. Thank you to everybody for listening. Please, uh, please share with your friends. Let us know. Spread the word around. We're having a good time. We want people to want people to listen. But with that, we've gone pretty good. Well, this is a pretty long one. So, um, all right, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. See you next Bye, time. Everyone. Goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>